Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hop, hop, hooray. Nordstrom Rack's got sweet deals on everything Easter, which is Sunday, March 31st. Get to Nordstrom Rack now and save on Kate Spade, New York, Two-Faced, Steve Madden, Calvin Klein, and more from just $30. Score great brands and great prices on Easter looks for everyone, plus spring decor, gifts, and all kinds of deliciousness. Rack up the deals today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find? Yo, check this out. This is Chuck D. And keep it locked. You are tuned into the library. The lives are buried. With Tim Inico, right here, right now, RapStation.com. According to his bio, Jahid's task is twofold. One is to take select songs from Public Enemy's yeah, catalog and cover them or revisit them. Two is to create new songs over new production and classic Public Enemy palm squad tracks to bring new consciousness, culture, and spirit to the hip-hop world. Uh, Jahid is a member of the PE 2.0 project, which dropped its first project last year, People Get Ready and is set to release their latest album, first week of January, called Inspired. It will feature guest appearance from the likes of KRS-One, production from the legendary Easy Moby, and brilliant social commentary. Jahid joins me on the library with Tim Einenkel on rapstation.com. Jahid, thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, good morning, man. Glad to, glad to finally make it, man. Glad we hooked up. It's great, great to have you. Uh, so, uh, so first off, if you could just kind of break down, what is the, what's the mission of the new album, Inspired, and then... Who do you who do you hope it reaches? Well, you know, inspired man, the, the second record from PE 2.0 man is, you know, social commentary over boom bap. That's the best way I could describe it. It's uh, a celebration of hip hop culture. It's in the line of, you know, my job as a preservationist. You know, making sure that that hip hop culture is is preserved and and lives. The goal of it, again, is also continue the cultural legacy of Public Enemy. That's the, the real main reason behind PE 2.0, because Public Enemy Public Enemy as a group, 28 years in, the first, you know, the whole, out of the four groups that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame that represent hip-hop, Public Enemy is the only group that's still making records. Um, and PE 2.0 is to continue that cultural legacy and... You know, my goal, I think I think any artist, when you put out music, your goal is to try to touch the entire world. Um, but I'm clear that, you know, people who are 40 and up all over the world who grew up through the golden age of hip-hop still has an affinity and connection to hip-hop, but, uh, but want something that's more mature and still fly at the same time. Those, those are the people that I'm, I'm looking to reach this time with Inspire. For you, is there a... Uh... I guess a a, a, bal- a kind of a balancing act, I guess so to say, where you know, it, obviously, you, I think I think obviously you want to reach not just as you mentioned uh, the people that grew up listening to like Public Enemy and the Golden Era, but also I mean you, you work with you, so like even reaching youth, is there a is there a balancing act there that's really tough to do, or do you find that both both kind of both their ears are very similar in terms of what they want to hear? Well, you know, I mean, I, I kind of take a cue from Chuck in some ways that. You know, young people, 
they do want to check in with their uncle every now and then, their older uncle who has something to say, right. the big cousin, the big brother that, you know, got some wisdom. They're probably not going to check out, like, everything that they have to say, but but he'll get their ear enough to be able to drop some jewels that they'll, you know, appreciate now and later. So the way that's the way I look at it with young people. I'm, I'm not making... I'm not making young people's music, but if young people are in tune and interested to hear something that, that is more cerebral than, than celebrity, um, more thinking man's music more so than, you know, keeping us conditioned to just clubs, then, yeah, it'll be good for young people as well, too. I mean, I work with young people all the time, but I also realize that, you know, the last thing you want to do is try to play a young man's game when you – when you're not 20, you know, don't act 25 if you're not 25. And I, and I think young people um, are, are benefiting. The young people that I work around are benefiting from realizing that they can listen to whatever is hot right now, but also still check out a PE 2.0 and, and get some knowledge and also, you know, get a sense of the multifacetedness of hip-hop culture. Yeah, on the on the album inspired, uh, you talk about you, you, you talk about Bambada uh, and his importance and influence on you. Can you kind of expand on that a little bit? And um, and also, what's his influence for those who don't understand? Or for if you let's say you're teaching a class, right? In a few sentences, if someone asked you what's the importance of Bambada, how would you sum it up to in regards to the culture? Some people know the the history and significance of Africa Bambada the high-level concepts of peace, love, unity, and having fun, you know, uh, solidifying the four elements, you know, bringing people together, establishing hip-hop as a world culture. I mean, Africa Bambada went to Africa in 1982. You know, in the song Bambada, I say, 82, a world tour. Now we all world-renowned. Africa Bambada is, is, our, is our godfather. He is, you know, he's a pillar in, in terms of hip-hop. So I wanted to... You know, I want to salute my leaders while and my heroes while they're alive. So that's why I did the Bambada song. And then it also just brings it, you know, it, it also just explains, if you want to know what lane, what hip-hop doesn't have is what reggae has. Reggae has subgenres. So I know Roots reggae music is different from Lover's Rock, and Lover's Rock is different from Slack music. You know, they have these distinctions. But in hip-hop, sometimes we just use that one term and, you know, some people wonder where you are. So I did return to that Bambada. So you know what lane it is. But, it, you know, when you hear somebody saying return to that Bambada, you know that there's a certain cultural um, connection to it. Um, so that recommends a lot to me. And I know Bam has had a chance to hear it. So that's, mm. that's even, you know, yeah, even more special, you know, to know that he knows that. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a music message maker, man. That's, that's what I do. Mm-hmm. In the track "Black Love," you say uh, they want to see us fighting. In this, in this reference, who who are they, and how do you convince one? How do you convince a person that love is more important than fighting? Well, you know, yeah, black love matters, man. You know, black lives matter, and I'm I'm completely down the support of that movement. But I think it's not enough that we we've been alive, but have we been loving each other? You know, and I, I really wanted to, to, to put a twist on Black Lives Matter to put in Black Love. And when I say they, you know, they could be, you know, society, you know, at large that would much rather see us continuing to kill and fight each other as opposed to stop fighting each other and really organize ourselves. You know, that could be 
you know, white inferiority, you know, who would much rather see us arguing as opposed to, I think I say much rather see us arguing breaking up over pettiness instead of steadiness. See it all the time, and I sure got witnesses. Some people in our own communities, you know, um, have a culture of dysfunction, of fighting and, and dis, disunity, and, and sometimes we're comfortable in that space as opposed to being able to grow out of that and really love each other. So, you know, they is any force that is trying to stop the, the powerful unity of black love. I, on the album Inspired, you, you, you cover uh, Public Enemies louder than a bomb. Uh, why, did, why did you decide to cover that track for this album? And then how is it relevant uh, for what's going on today? Well, you know, in that song he says, I'm even lethal when I'm unarmed because <laughs> I'm louder than a bomb. And, I mean, when you look at the amount of brutality that has happened by some royal cops as it relates to unarmed black men, black youth in particular, I thought it was, was fitting to to cover that song. The other thing is is that, you know, a lot of people don't know, but Jam Master J produced that record. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the Jam Master J mix. And... You know, again, as a preservationist, as, as Chuck would say, as a culturalist, you know, it was, it was an opportunity for me to cover something out of Public Enemy's catalog and also salute and lift up, you know, Run DMC, Jam Master J. It was, they, they had my attention before Public Enemy. So it was just really a, a tribute to, to JMJ. Um, and then also, you know, just with all of the, the issues about privacy and 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 who's who's checking your IP address and who can get access to your phone records and the fact that you know our voices are are still being you know there is a challenge of us being marginalized and not being able to really speak our truth to power you know louder than a bomb to me just felt fitting because you know yeah we you you know the microphone is my that's my yeah you know and in some in some respects you know that's my weapon. You know, being Lockburn and Obama is, is saying that, you know, our voices still matter. We're still going to speak our truth loud, and you're not going to silence this lane of what hip-hop is. How do you, you just talk, you talked about, you know, you're, you're being a preservationist, and, you know, you, you've covered, obviously, Public Enemy tracks, and uh, with of the Bomb, it's your way of giving also tribute to Jam Master J. But how do you, I guess, as an artist, how do you ensure that you are being true to these artists and you know, other artists like Public Enemy and paying respect while giving the fans or the listener an understanding of who you are as a person and as an artist? Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I think the the cultural legacy and significance of Public Enemy is solidified even in the most recent uh, NWA biopic. Once again, you know, you see Public Enemy at a crucial moment in Ice Cube's trajectory, you know the way the way that I give respect to, to to Public Enemy is number one, try to cover their records well. You know, like like you know, really make make it authentic. You know, because on the one hand, it is it is Public Enemy's voice that I'm covering, but doing it in an authentic way, I think shows respect to them. And then I think as you listen to Inspired. You know, and, and, and continue to, you know, I realize in some aspects being in 2, P2.0 is almost like I'm a new artist again, which is funny because I got a, 
you know, a 20 year career. Right. But I think it's, also, you know, as you listen to the record, you, you know, beats and rhymes, you really get a chance. You, that's me. You know, you really get a chance to hear, hear my authentic voice. And then as you hear the whole cohesive project, you hear the connectedness and, you know, in some respects, see why, you know, Chuck could have selected a lot of different people for PE 2.0 and I'm humbled and honored that he selected me. And I think it's because that I have a voice. There is a, a particular level of lyricism that um, I'm already about that I was influenced by, by Public Enemy, KRS-One, Rakim, and many others. Yeah, I think in that you, you know what, it's, a, it's you know, I think to say it this way, Public Enemy is my voice. It was Public Enemy that set a cultural consciousness. So, yeah, you're going to hear, you're going to hear part of who I am as an authentic MC is really because of the shoulders of people like Public Enemy, KRS-One, Rakim in particular. You, you, as you mentioned, you, you've been doing this for you know, over 20 years. During your writing process, and I guess from like start to finish, and when it's, uh, when, I guess the, the, I'll say the first draft of the song is completed, do you have a, a group of people that are kind of like act as your sounding board? Well, you know, I mean, there, there's there's always a protocol and systems of, of people I trust that get a chance to put ears on it um, and are not yes people. It's not like they're going to say everything that I do is dope. And I think that's important. You have to have people around you who can really give you a, a, a ear and not just because they, they love you or respect what you do, but really understand, you know, how to push you as an artist. So, um, and Chuck as well, and, and the camp of public enemy as well. So, you know, there's a lot of refinement. You know, I think I know when the record is done, when I'm able to sequence the songs. I mean, I normally do about 20, 25 songs to, to pull out 10. And I think once the sequence is set, once I go back to my original notes of what I wanted to cover, what was the presentation, what was the goal, yeah, then you got to just trust the process. One of the things that Chuck has taught me is that, you know, you might not get it all in the first record. You might not get it all in the second record. But at a certain point in time, you got to let it go and, and, and work it out on the next record. So uh, I never feel like I got to I gotta be like, you know, this perfect dismount each time. But I feel like every time it needs to be better than the last record. Inspired is better than people get ready. And, and, and again, I, I just have people around me that I, that I trust. And, that, you know, there's a lot of records I loved that I thought was going to be uninspired. And people was like, nah, bro. <laughs> 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 and, 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 you know, and that's where, you know, you, you, you know, you, you have your ego in the right place where you know that, you know, people want to want you to put out the best product as possible. What happens to the records that don't make the cut? Are they, do you just like trash them or do I you, keep them? I keep yeah, them. I keep them. I keep them. You know, some songs may end up on a soundtrack somewhere. Some songs may, get licensed in a different form and not even be a song. Some of them I completely scrap. Some of them I actually go back and like, man, okay, those four bars, man, I really like what I said there. So I'm going to bank those four bars mm -hmm. for another record, you know? So, but you know, I, you know, it's a, in this, uh, in, in my hip hop, hip hop ecosystem, everything gets reused and recycled. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like a compost. <laughs> it's like a compost. <laughs> uh <laughs> One of the records I really like, I, I like on, uh, on, uh, on, on Inspired is, is Roll Call, where you shout out the artists you appreciate. And you've touched on a little bit through this interview, but what is your criteria for actually liking an artist? And how was going A through Z, was that, was that a, uh, I guess, a difficult process in terms of like figuring out who exactly will make the cut 
in the roll call track? Yeah, because of course there's always so many people I could have said, right? Right. You know, yeah. just, just to try to go through A through Z, and I, what I, what I, the reason why I wanted to do roll call was again, it's just man, we gotta lift up our musicians, man. The mm-hmm. the, the great musicians that we have, and we've been at, yeah, you know, been able to to receive their music and their creative genius. Um, so I just wanted to do that, and yeah, I missed a lot of people off of that cut. If I could go back. I put, that's probably the one song which I'm not rapping, but I probably could go back and do ten times. I can go over and do it again, and and probably either add more names or, or make sure I hit all the alphabets. I think there's a few alphabet, few letters I may not have touched, but yeah, Roll Call was a fun record just to be able to, you know, it's almost like in the spirit of I was thinking about do the right thing with Samuel Jackson as the radio yeah. uh, host. And uh, yeah, and and just thinking that mid record just to shout people out as opposed to just doing a regular interlude. I thought, you know, the other thing is, you know, I think you touched on it. I, I work with young people, so anytime I can make a list of names and have young people be like, well, who is that? I never heard of that person, and drive them to learn who. Uh, to give you a quick story. I went to one of my school sites working with eighth grade middle school in Oakland, California. I go into the classroom. There's a young king sitting at his desk. He got three, uh, he got three uh, parts and a high top fade. And I said, man, I need to show you a picture of Big Daddy Kane. He said, who is Big Daddy Kane? And I just had to laugh because he got the straight high, same high top fade with wow. the three parts like Big Daddy Kane. And when I showed him a picture of Big Daddy Kane, it's like I showed him himself for the first time. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, so so to say Big Daddy Kane's name and somebody be like, wow, who is that? And to be able to show somebody and say, look, not only this is the person I was talking about, but he got the hairstyle that you got right now is, yeah, I love doing that. So three things happen. Number one, it's like, okay, who's Big Daddy Kane? So that means, number two, the second thing will happen is that he'll find one, two songs that he'll take in and have an opinion about. And three, he understands the cultural connection to hip-hop and how it goes beyond music. And it does go into your style, like how you cut your hair, you know, that, that is just not just based on music, that hip-hop is a culture. And that's exciting when you see an eighth grader do that because, if nothing else, their understanding of hip-hop is broadened and it's not limited by what they are just taking in right now. Does your work with youth, does that make you feel, I guess, acceptable in terms of the lyrics that you spit out or write in your music more, or or do you just feel really, do you feel accountable because you are working with youth? Well, you know, before working with youth, I made a decision in 1998, 1999, when I wanted to get in hip-hop, what lane I was going to represent. And that lane is primarily profanity-free, socially conscious hip-hop music. That was a, a, a clear decision that I made. And unlike a lot of people who've been, like, swerving and, and driving erratically, I stayed in my lane. And that lane, without somebody telling me, oh, if you work with youth, that that'll, you know, that because you got clean lyrics, that might be helpful. I didn't really initially have that thought i just had to make a decision of what lane i wanted to represent in hip-hop because there was a lot of things going on when i decided to turn nmc professionally in 1998-1999 the fact that i do work with young people and the fact that they know that i can spit at a very high level but i don't curse i don't use the n-word i'm not disrespecting women and that they can still respect that to me matters 
but whether or not young people, you know, I was working with young people or not, it didn't, you know, I had already informed myself on what style of hip hop and how I was going to present myself because I'm from the school that hip hop said you had to be original. So everybody's already cussing. Everybody's already disrespecting women. Everybody's already talking about guns, jewels, cars, how dope they are. I mean, those things are already happening. So the last thing I wanted to do was get in the game and be an imitator. And I think it's, it's, it's a courageous act to be able to do an entire, inspire this 35 minutes and 10 songs and there's no curse words. <laughs> I mean, you know, look at Rakim's discography. Rakim, you, you hear him maybe say one or two curse words. That wasn't, he wasn't like, oh, I'm just, like, that was just his high level of lyricism. Right. A lot of Run DMC, that, you know, I can still play that for kids today because, you know, there were certain things that wasn't, that wasn't in the music. So for me, it was just, you know, the, making that decision and, it, and knowing that it will benefit those who listen to it. So, uh, As mentioned, Inspired comes out the, the first week of January, and I know it's early and this could totally change once the album drops, but for you right now, what track on the album kind of best represents the mission of the album? Uh, uh, that's, that's, uh, you know, I would just say right now, the two songs that continue to wake me up is the title cut inspired mm -hmm. because again that's that's over uh, that's over a classic public enemy track and you know that kind of set the whole spirit of the album i really like uh, yeah i really like how it starts it just it just feels to me like a classic public enemy record the way the way it comes in so that and beats and rhymes right now man real beats and real rhymes is also you know but i also look at it as a movie it's almost like you can watch a movie in parts and you know, you can skip around chapters and still probably get the gist of it. But if you watch the movie from beginning to end, you really get the full thing. And I feel like what I think I was saying this to someone else that inspired is a complete sentence. And that's what I, that's what I feel the most good about is that the entire record feels like a complete sentence about a dialogue that we'll be talking about. I mean, if I didn't do a record for five years, there's still, there'll be songs and commentary in these records that we can talk about up five years from now and more. And that's, I mean, again, I, I, that's when I feel like I've hit my stride when I can create records that I think are not going to just live now in mm. space. So what, what's the best way for, obviously for fans and listeners to kind of follow, not just what you're doing, but what uh, PE 2.0 is doing and, and, and to, of course, get the album when it comes out. Oh, absolutely. Uh, two dash zero pe dot com, where people can find me online, follow me on Twitter, Jahi as pe two point Yeah, and then you know just stay in tune with publicenemy dot com for all updates about everything that we do. Because you know, I mean, it's truth. We move as a team. We don't move alone. Pe two point is not some standalone. You know, it's like it's it's a part of a branch on an iconic tree. That's public enemy. So. Um, just stay tuned. He's Jahid. He's a member of the PE 2.0 project. Their newest album will drop the first week in January. It's called Inspired. Jahid, thank you so much for joining me on the library with Tim Ein and Co. on rapstation.com. Hey, I appreciate it, Tim, man. Keep rocking. And you don't stop. Yeah. DJ Payne 1. Tell me how long will it take before another black man is the president of the United States? And why would he want to be 41 million strong but still not fully free quoted? We voted two times, 
Rika Boy, Freddie Gray, Tamir, Eric, names can't be ignored. With all of our advances and successes, still more of the lessons. The prominent question is, what are we going to do now? Where's our land? Our source of water. Just survivors getting harder. Smart enough. Start it up. Operation Get Our Own. This is not a game. Treat a mic like a megaphone. A mega blast. Like to serve from Serena. Black power. My demeanor. In Adidas in your speakers. 16 years and counting. Check the discography. Embrace the sonic boom and bass to the philosophy. Quality over quantity. So get it while a grill is hot. The spirit of pop. Call Rider Vision what I got. And don't say that we ever coming back Cause we always been here getting stronger every year Still fear of a black planet hurting and billboard Domestic terrorism, baddest killings abroad I still choose the pen over the gun and the sword Let it all out when they hit record It's about survival BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Rack your look for spring at Nordstrom Rack and save up to 60% on brands you love. Rag & Bone, Vince, Marc Jacobs, Adidas, Joes, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. Score new dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and sunglasses, plus updates for the family and home. Get your spring on for less, up to 60% less today at your Nordstrom Rack store. What will you find?